welcome to the Dental Deep Dive, where we dive into industry trends and best practices for optimizing your dental organization while providing the best possible experience and care for patients. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Dental Deep Dive. I'm your host, David Danielson, and today I'm joined by Janet Hagerman. Janet is an industry and DSO expert helping organizations establish empowering culture and a foundation of scalability. Janet's communication systems help regional DSOs and managers empower their practices to double their case acceptance and utilize key APIs to accelerate peak performance. She's also an international speaker, author, and consultant. Janet also provides leadership as a corporate DSO director of dental hygiene for over 100 practices. She's the author of Selling Dentistry, Ethically, Elegantly, and Effectively, as well as numerous other articles, podcasts, and webinars. We're so excited to have Janet on the show. Let's dive in. Welcome, Janet. We're so glad you could join us here on the podcast. Hey, Dave. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Always a pleasure. Likewise, likewise. One of the things that our listeners are really keeping track of right now are what's going on, particularly around different trends in the industry, what people are hearing, what people are saying. And I know you're extremely plugged in. And so can you share with us kind of what you're hearing and and what your thoughts are on it? Yeah, sure. I actually sort of queried a lot of my colleagues to get a more broader perspective and insight, but um, it's kind of all over the place. Obviously, Teledentistry and virtual communication now is huge. I think, you know, one of the things that COVID taught us is how to, you know, meet with each other virtually. So that's between practices, dentists, and their patients. Uh, It's between practices within the teams. We consultants are doing a lot of training and consulting virtually. And then teledentistry, we're finding a real, you know, teledentistry has been around a long time, but we haven't really utilized it or maximized its usability as we're starting to now to help serve either underserved people or people who just can't get to the office uh, at this point in time. So, So that's one thing. Of course, the biggest thing right now is employee shortage, finding good talent and burnout. So, you know, along with that goes... The robotics, our technology is changing so fast across all industries, but particularly in dentistry. So, you know, everything from artificial intelligence in clinical technical things like, you know, the navigational tools for placing implants, robotic surgery, but also the fabulous automation that we have now, automated communication. So when our patients leave the practice, you know, it used to be that once they left the practice, we didn't communicate with them until they walked back in six months later or a year later or whenever. And now we have this amazing ability to stay in constant contact with our patients through automated different types of communication platforms. So that's a cool trend, I think. Lasers, you know, to be able to do scalpelless surgery now through lasers and the soft tissue laser work that we can do. Myofunctional therapy is a new thing that's coming on the platform. A lot of hygienists are getting certified in myofunctional therapy, which I'm not an expert in that, although I have friends that are, but you know, it has to do with somehow manipulating the facial structures to help relieve conditions. So it's a burgeoning industry actually. And that leads into, you know, airway and sleep therapy. Those are also becoming big trends now. And myofunctional therapy can help with that as well. 
those are some of the major ones. And then one that I think is interesting that's dear to my heart is we're seeing a lot of this, particularly in the DSO space on culture. We're starting to see culture and core values. So we're starting to see what, you know, many of us have always known. And I think as the DSO space has evolved, that's become very important. We are not a dock in the box. And as the whole industry, the quality of the care has evolved, we're seeing a lot of people pay attention to, you know, what are our core values as a practice, but as a company, and how do we disseminate that down to all of our employees and get that for our patients as well? Those are the top of mind trends that I'm seeing. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you highlight a handful of those. I mean, we've even done some earlier podcasts on a couple of those, and I think those are really hot topics. I'm definitely not tracking some of that work in in laser treatments or myofacial work. That's probably on my list of things I probably need to brush up on. I mean, I've heard about it, but not really gotten involved. So I think those those are important you know, when you're speaking to practices and and the ones that are really starting to kind of battle some of this burden, employee shortage and burnout, are there any specific things that you are seeing organizations do that are really helping themselves? Well, getting back to core values and culture, I mean, when you're competing with other industries that are paying people more minimum wage than educated people in our industry, that's tough. But what we know is that it's not always money that attracts people or keeps people for that matter. And we learned that during COVID as well. Yes, there were practices that floundered and failed and lost people, but there are plenty of practices that are flourishing. And they all have one thing in common, and that is a strong company culture, one that not only reaches out to embrace and protect their patients, but to take good care of their people. And I think that's what people are looking for. As scared as they are, some people of going back into dentistry, what they're looking for is a practice, a company that cares for them, that takes care of them, that communicates with them, that has strong core values. So that's one thing from the company side. From the individual side, I would say, you know, as somebody who has experienced burnout myself and, you know, some of the mastermind groups that I'm in, it's common in leaders and key opinion leaders, as well as people who are on the front line providing clinical service. And that is to stay active, to, you know, stay active in organizations, to take part in mastermind groups, to brush up on your skills and just be active in in your field. And network, network is huge. Networking is huge. So don't be isolated. Network and, you know, exchange ideas with with your colleagues. Yeah, no, I think you're really highlighting some really interesting things there. And, and this kind of brings me back to kind of our core topic for today is, I mean, I think good cultures have good education systems and they're constantly focusing on areas of the practice where they can, you know, make those incremental improvements. And sometimes they turn out to be leapfrog improvements, right? I mean, even though you might think it's small, it turns into something big. And, you know, I know a lot of people come to you really to focus in on helping them really diagnose and improve like case acceptance and and things in those categories. So is this one of those things that you see evolving right now? Is this added education helping uh, practices be more strategic, not only with employee retention, but also with helping their patients get the care that they need? Yeah. Well, case acceptance has always been important. I mean, (laughs) that's where your revenue comes from. So it's always been important, but 
I think it's gotten more important. Nobody teaches this stuff, you know, communication skills. Nobody teaches it. And I think one of the problems is we talk too much in dentistry. We talk clinical because that's what we know. So what we know is that the majority of buying decisions are made not with logic, which is what we think, but studies show that buying decisions, particularly health buying decisions, are made with emotion. So people who are logical thinkers don't like to think that (laughs) that they make decisions based on emotion, but it's true. All you have to do is look at, you know, marketing and advertising, mainstream advertising to see that, you know, it's pulling to our our heartstrings or our romantic heartstrings or, you know, the way you want to look, whether it's a car or, you know, whatever. So we need to meet our patients where they are. In the past, we've expected our patients to come where we are. And then we present treatment the same way to everybody based on our clinical findings, which makes sense, but it's not effective. So that means we need to listen more and find out where our patients are coming from so we can present treatment based on their needs and where they're coming from. And the whole team needs to know these. This is a team experience. We can't expect our patients to come in meet us, go through the whole patient experience, and then sit down with the treatment presenter and leave the whole burden on them to present a treatment plan. When that patient just came in to get my free cleaning or to get my teeth cleaned and give me a checkup, you know? So the whole team has to be prepared and it's spoken communication as well as non-spoken communication. And so now with our heavy PP, you know, all the apparatus, and masks and glasses. And, you know, you can hardly see people's faces. When I work with clients, I get them to take pictures of their faces and I make little name badges for them with their picture on that they can wear. So when you're looking at your healthcare provider and you have no idea what they look like, you can at least see their smiling face. It really seems to make a difference. But nonverbal communication is, it, it just becomes more and more important under those circumstances. So those are some things. Having empathy, learning to develop empathy. This is interesting, Dave. You know, that sounds like such a soft, wooey, wooey thing. But as we become more technological with more robotic platforms, the most important thing that we have left is human skills. And empathy is becoming the most important human skill. And this is not just in dentistry. These are statistics from Fortune 500 companies that recruit now for human skills like empathy. It's the critical 21st century skill. So um, how do you do that? You know, how do you teach empathy? Those are some of the types of things that I talk about and train for when I'm talking about case acceptance. That's a really unique view of how things are evolving. I mean, I've thought about it a lot. You know, I just went to a a provider earlier this week with one of my children, and I don't know what that person looks like. You know, (laughs) I've been there before. I've met them pre-COVID and post-COVID, and you're really starting to see this this challenge in, in global communication, I think not just, you know, case acceptance, but even just for providers to have good rapport with with patients. It's we're starting to see those barriers. And I think it's important to evaluate that emotional intelligence of your team and of your people, because I think those are those are areas where people are naturally going to struggle right now. You're right. It's huge. It's huge. Empathy, social sensitivity, 
collaboration, a sense of collaborating with our patients, not just telling them what they need. Studies show that patients want to be a part of the planning process and they want to feel like they have a relationship with their provider. Solving problems together, together, how can we help you get to health? And building relationships. And here's an interesting one too, storytelling. I teach a whole section of the work that I do in storytelling as a way to improve case acceptance. So storytelling is one of the oldest things that we do as human beings. That's how we passed history down. That's how we taught and trained our children before we had written language. It's ancient. It's in our DNA. And so now as jobs are being lost due to artificial intelligence, we need to look to ourselves and say, what is it that we alone are uniquely poised to do that only we can do, that only we want to do? These are things we want to feel from a human being, not from artificial. So we need to grow these two opposites together so they work together. Yeah, really nice points. Where do you think that practices struggle the most with case acceptance? So this is what I hear from dentists. This is what started my whole journey on this selling dentistry. Dentists would say to me, when you come in to coach my team, can you teach them how to sell dentistry? Even I need to know how to sell dentistry. He said, you wouldn't believe what I hear them say. And I know dentistry is walking out the door. So can you teach them how to sell dentistry? But Don't call it selling dentistry. Don't say sell because nobody likes that word. I've even had dentists tell me, you should change the name of your presentation because we don't like to sell. And I said, well, then why is it that my my rooms are always full? He said, oh, we want to learn how to sell. We just don't want to call it that. So one of the pain points is that there's controversy around the concept of selling and it interferes with our ability to take the best parts of selling from the heart, which every really good salesperson knows and utilize that. So so that's part of it is this resistance to the concept of selling. I've been around the dental industry long enough to remember when it was considered unethical to advertise. You couldn't, I mean, didn't have websites back then, but you couldn't advertise. And in some states it was illegal. So we have this heritage of thinking that selling and advertising our amazing service that we offer to patients is somehow bad. So that's part of it. And then there's a part from the team of, I didn't go to school to sell. I went to school to learn how to be a clinical therapist. So they don't see the connection there. They don't see how they work together and they don't want to come across as feeling pushy or salesy. And that sounds tacky. There's a saying, you know, we hate to be sold, but we love to buy. Right. (laughs) So how do we do that? You know, that's part of the challenge. And, you know, part of it too, Dave, is, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And this is particularly important for DSOs. How do you help a clinician learn to increase case acceptance, to sell dentistry at a higher level. And there's only one, you can't sit in their office and listen to them in their treatment room all day long, particularly when you're an operations person responsible for 25 or 30 offices. You only have one way to measure that, and that is with your KPIs, with your numbers. And there is no DSO person around that hasn't heard. All corporate cares about is the numbers. So you have to figure out, and I'm very good at training people this, how do you take the KPI, the numbers, 
and visit with a clinician and help them understand how increasing their patient care will automatically increase their production. So those are some very painful situations of seeing these horrible KPIs, but then you go in the practice and people are resistant to training because they feel like it's not addressing their desire to help a patient's clinical needs. It's just focusing on the numbers. So we want to be aware of the numbers and patient-centric, and there is a way to marry those. So that's getting over the hurdle of, of that, but it can be done and very successfully. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, this is this is exactly where I, you know, I hear that practices struggle. So that's that was spot on. Thank you so much. One of the questions that I get asked a lot, particularly around case acceptance, is what's a healthy case acceptance rate? What's a good benchmark? How do people know that they're doing well versus am I marginal or am I, you know, I think it's sometimes it's like, how do I give myself a grade on this? You know, and, and what advice would you have for people that are, they're asking that question? Great question. And you're absolutely right. We want to measure that. That's the first thing. Are you measuring it? But there actually were some studies done through Dental Economics Magazine, and they found out that the average across America is only 30 to 50%. So think about that. Half of the patients that walk in this average office, think of the money that you're leaving on the table. And more importantly, think of the people that are walking around with a disease in their mouth that's already been diagnosed. 30 to 50% is average. I would say if you're in that category, then get some help. Where it should be is up closer to 80%. And it depends on if it's a new patient or a patient of record at least 50% for new patients, and certainly 80% for patients of record. They've already established, hopefully, presumably, a relationship with you. That's where those relationships come in again. And the other thing to remember is this is a process. It's planting a seed. You know, the old, old saying, some will, some won't, some wait. Well, if you don't present treatment well to begin with and prioritize it and then keep the patients in the process, keep those touch points going. So they become part of your family and they feel like they're part of your family. And then you have a treatment plan. That's a process that both of you are working towards, but um, yeah, the benchmarks are 80% is where you like to be. Now you have a specialty office. I have some specialty offices that are in the 88 to 90%. But that would be expected because think about it. Most of their patients come from referrals. They've already been referred by a general dentist. You need to get braces. I'm going to send you to an orthodontist. You need to get your wisdom teeth extracted. I'm going to send you to an oral surgeon. So you would expect those to have a much higher case acceptance percentage. But those KPI, those key performance indicators, those analytics are really important. And fortunately, we have lots of good platforms now to keep track of that. But even your your basic practice management software should be able to tell you. And I would say the main thing, there are different ways to look at it. I won't go into detail now, but the main thing is to see, are you above 50 or below 50? And are you moving in the right direction? You know, so when it comes to to success, the thing, are you moving in the right direction? Yeah. So, you know, what I heard here was a couple of best practices. One, benchmark yourself, figure out where you're at, determine, you know, if you're over under that targeted 50%, KPI it so that you're actually keeping track of where you want to go. And then what are some of those other best practices that people should be doing right now to improve case acceptance? 
Well, one of the first things, and this is what I use to establish any kind of relationship, and that is Dale Carnegie said we should be interested, not interesting. Quit talking and find out more about the person that you're trying to get to know. So I always recommend asking what I call values questions. What is the most important thing to you? You know, if it was you and I, Dave, I'd say, what's the most important thing to you about, you know, your job and what you're doing? What really matters to you? So with my patients, I want to know what is the most important thing to you about your teeth? You know, what's the most important thing to you about your dental office? Why did you come here? Is it time? Is it money? Is it fear? You came because you had an emergency. Is there a special event that's coming up that is going to impact the timing of our treatment? Do you have a wedding coming up? Are you changing jobs? There's so much to learn about our patients and we can do it in a, in a short time. I teach a, a linking procedure that takes like literally two or three minutes. If we just stay focused in our communication, we have a tendency to want to be friendly. So we get kind of wishy-washy and all over the place and our, our communication, very casual. And before you know it, like it's, oh my gosh, I'm running late now because we talk too much. Where what I try to teach is to be very clear in your mindset, what you're trying to accomplish, ask good questions, listen carefully, and then be able to customize your presentation based on that patient's values. So the values questions, that's one thing that I teach prioritizing the comprehensive treatment. So when you're doing a comprehensive treatment, you know, the 0150, a lot of times dentists and even hygienists, if they're doing this for hygiene, they're afraid to present all of the treatment because they're afraid the patient's going to be blown away, overwhelmed. My last dentist didn't find all this. So I teach a process called the treatment triad, which is prioritizing. What is urgent? What is preventive? We need to do it. We may not need to do all of it right away. And then what's cosmetic? Totally unnecessary, but fun to look at. So those things let people know that you're attuned to their immediate needs. You want to get them out of pain, that you want to help them plan for their future, and that you're up to date. You know, you can do all these cool new cosmetic things that are just fun to look at. So prioritizing treatment. And by the way, for those listeners who want to shoot me a quick email, I have a little cheat sheet for that treatment triad, and I'd be happy to send it complimentary to anybody that wants to email me. We can maybe put it in the notes too. So good values questions, ask more than, you know, who, who the old boot camp guy used to say, if you want to sell, ask, don't tell. So asking good questions, prioritizing treatment, and get training. I'm happy to do a 30-minute complimentary call with anybody that would like to learn how to increase their, their case acceptance through relationships and through you know, the things that we've talked about, these human skills that are ancient, but we're seeing how important that it's like a resurgence of how important they are. That's a great point, Janet. And one of the things that we like to ask at the end of the presentation is what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? And obviously we'll go in and add some details into the show notes. Like one thing that kind of stuck out to me was the article you just recently released and maybe a best practices email that you just referenced. And we can definitely put references to, to those things in the show notes so that we can make sure that anybody who's listening can, can get access to those things. So. Mm -hmm. 
My website is my name, Janet Hagerman, with one G, janethagerman.com. It's my website. My email address is the same, janet at janethagerman.com. Check on the website, email me, get on my mailing list. I typically have a couple of free little goodies, cheat sheets and things to help people remember the things that we talked about. It's like, oh, this is so great. But then I get in my treatment room and I get busy and I forget. So I have little helpful cheat sheets to put up to tweak that memory. With all the things that we've shared today, if you were going to give somebody advice right now, short, best consulting dollar I could spend, what are the three things they need to start doing this week? Ask the questions. Ask the values questions for sure. That should just become part of your DNA, asking values questions. I totally agree. Yeah, that should just become part of your DNA. And the next thing I would say that we haven't talked about is have team meetings. Have team meetings so that you all can get on the same mindset. I mean, I know people that think dentistry is too expensive. You know, you got to get you got to get over that mindset. So have team meetings and talk about, you know, selling dentistry ethically, elegantly, and effectively. Talk about, you know, how do we establish relationships and empathy in our, our practice? How do we support each other in the right terminology? How do we coach each other to greatness? I have a little project I call You Got Caught Growing Your Greatness, where team members can compliment each other for catching each other, doing the new things that they just learned, and then getting, um, you know, like at the end of the month, somebody gets the doctor, gives somebody a prize out of the bowl. But um, it's an opportunity to reinforce your learning, reinforce your ideas that you want to implement at your team meeting and get help from each other, coaching each other in a positive manner. Well, Janet, this has been so great. I've learned a couple of things. I've written some notes down for myself, just some to kind of build out my own knowledge. And, and I really appreciate the time. Glad you could join us today and looking forward to hopefully we'll have you back on the show at some time in the future. I love it. It's been my pleasure. It's been great talking with you, Dave. Thank you. We were so glad to have Janet join us on this episode of the Dental Deep Dive. There were so many things I found incredibly compelling and valuable for all types of organizations. The first thing that stood out to me was really around the benchmarking that she provided for good case acceptance. Some of the other things that she really touched on that stood out to me were centered around becoming a more effective storyteller and really looking after the overall health of the patient, focusing on that as a vehicle for helping grow your practice. I think those things were really interesting, really valuable. As she mentioned earlier in the call, her email address is Janet at JanetHagerman.com. Looking forward to catching you next time. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Dentrix Enterprise, for sponsoring this episode of the Dental Deep Dive. Dentrix Enterprise is a powerful practice management platform that allows organizations to not only centralize operations, but also standardize their approach to dentistry. One of the key areas where organizations can really expand their total capabilities is by leveraging Dentrix Enterprise to manage your treatment cases and your treatment planning. If you'd like to learn more about how Dentrix Enterprise can standardize and accelerate your case acceptance, please visit them at dentrixenterprise.com forward slash dental deep dive.